0: Welcome to Finding Home with Scott Harris, where we take a fresh look at what home means. People are drawn to New York to make big visions into reality, and I've guided hundreds of them to find homes that support these dreams. Each episode is dedicated to their stories. I'm Scott Harris, your host. Welcome back to Finding Home with me, Scott Harris. In this episode, we had the chance to visit with Danny Klein, who has an amazing social media presence and is known throughout the interwebs as, yeah, that's kosher. And I thought it'd be fun to put it out this week because we are in the throes of the Jewish holidays. Happy New Year to everybody out there who celebrates. And for those of you who don't celebrate, Happy New Year, Shana Tova. It is like a season of Jewish food, left, right, and center, and we talk about the expansion of kosher restaurants all around Long Island and Brooklyn and Manhattan. I'm based on the Upper West Side, and it is kosher food central around here, which is quite different from where I grew up in New Orleans, where there was a total of one officially kosher restaurant in the entire city, a place, and one kosher butcher, a guy named Joel the butcher, and Joel, uh, if you lived in the deep south and you happen to keep kosher, this is the spot where you went. It's a far cry from the kosher food paradise that is the New York City area in New Jersey. Um, and let me just tell you that even if you you can even get incredibly good barbecue that happens to be kosher. So it, it is just an unbelievable renaissance of delicious food. So it's making my mouth water just talking about it. But we had a lot of fun talking to Danny and really look forward to having you enjoy this episode. So here you go. So nice to see you. You too. You too. And uh, hey. where are you coming from today? Are you in Long Island today?
1: Yes. Yes. I'm in Long Island. Um, I've been here for most of the last six plus months other than yeah a one day trip to your neighborhood on the Upper West Side and uh, a one week trip to uh, Western New York, so Finger Lakes. But outside of those two excursions, I've been out here on Long Island for most of the last six months. Awesome, well, it's great to see
0: you. Um, I, for those, you know, our, we, we do a lot of discussions about real estate and all the things surrounding real estate and the things I love, which include eating kosher food. Um, but we haven't talked a lot about kosher food here, even though part of kosher food is kosher kitchens, part of neighborhoods are kosher restaurants, especially on the Upper West Side, where I sell a lot of real estate. I wanna, I wanna ask you as we start this off, Donnie, like how did you, how did you get um, this off the ground? Like, how did, Cause this isn't your all the time thing. I mean, yeah, that's no. kosher that you run, is it's a website, it's a resource. I mean, how did you start this? And
1: you know, um just really curious sure so um about 12 years ago uh, my wife and i planned a trip to scandinavia and 12 years ago the internet was not what it was today and even i would say like the the internet back in 2007 2008 it was very different than the internet even five years after that um so we planned this trip we hit up iceland sweden finland estonia and denmark all in one two-week trip we basically did like a poo-poo platter of northern europe um I love to travel. I love to explore. I, I was very aware that the kosher options and the Jewish options of those countries were going to be very slim to none. Um, but we did, but we did um, our, our research online and, and whatever guidebooks we had access to, and whatever whatever info we had was either um, lacking nuance or. Um, was just sometimes completely wrong because the, the information was, was stale. It was just a few years old. Um, so I felt like there needed to be an online resource where there was a place to write about um, kosher travel. So a place for, you know, Orthodox people to uh, travel around the world and get advice where they should go out to eat what their, and what their options are. So that's kind of how it started, and it's evolved over the years into covering news and reviews of kosher restaurant places. Um, So I would say, like, maybe two years in, uh, people started already asking about, like, what's the latest with kosher restaurant A, B, C? And so I started covering that from a news perspective to where today, like, a lot of the articles on the site are new restaurants coming in, sometimes restaurants closing, and we write about that kind of stuff.
0: Right. Do do you also – I mean, there's – like what's the best place for a first date? What's the place? you know, like does it get that granular?
1: Or- yeah, we've done we've done like listicles if 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 that makes sense, right? So yeah, like here are the right. top five like high end places in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um here are the six restaurants that you should check out when you're down in Miami, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: so, you know, six months ago this little thing happened where restaurants kinda were not a thing for a minute. You know, what was the When that happened, uh, you know, how did you like? How long did it take you to kind of get your bearings, and how did it? How did your, you know, your, how did your conversation evolve, you know, with your audience?
1: So I think um, within the conversations that I've had with restaurateurs um, all over the country, but particularly in the New York Metro area, was you know they went from being closed down temporarily to than having to shift to an, an entirely delivery model, which for some of them was great because pizza stores and, and Chinese restaurants and sushi places, those places are primed for delivery right. because, you know, I would say majority of their business was already to go anyway. Um, but there were there's a whole slew of businesses that were like in the mid-tier or up upscale restaurants that were not in the delivery business. And so they had to shift their business or stay closed. And it, it's a, it's often a lose-lose situation. Um, so there were definitely a lot of struggles. And I think that some restaurants learned a lot, not only about themselves, but they learned a lot about their customers. They learned a lot about what they're capable of doing. And even when things are fully, fully back to normal, some of them might keep some of those learnings of the new dishes that they're able to provide that are better for to-go or better for lunch, Um, understanding how to do delivery when they had never done delivery before. They might've been in business for eight or 10 years and they never really had a delivery business because they didn't need one. Um, This is something different. The third thing was that uh, some businesses really got into the catering game uh, where in the past, certain kosher restaurants were always into catering a lot more got into that space. So, uh, um,
0: hang on one second, Donnie. So, I mean, catering in this day, like we're all there when you say getting involved in catering, I mean, how, how many events, I, I guess I just want to understand what you mean. Cause so, you know I haven't, I haven't gotten to go to many
1: events. Maybe there's some secret fun events that I'm missing out on, but, um, so I don't necessarily mean catering as in like now they're, they're doing a bar mitzvah or a wedding, although sometimes, that, that could be the case because yeah. whatever bar mitzvahs or weddings were happening were significantly smaller right um oh but, so that
0: so they got involved and maybe that was too big a caterer now this is like a more right-sized caterer something like that
1: potentially but more so like passover right so this happened oh, a right. month before right. passover right so a family is no longer having a seder with other families which was often the case right like i've in, in you know in, in the history of my family having satyrs for the last nearly forty years, um, many of those satyrs were not just me and my parents, but they were also uh, neighbors or other or extended family and that's something right. that people do like people are having massive satyrs with three families in right. in right. one right. household. Right that's no longer happening and so you now have people making cedars for the first time right they're not equipped
0: like mom you know grandma the matriarch used to make the dinner and somebody actually in the notes said you know hey scott don't forget there are lots of backyard events and of course is the guy who's i'm based in manhattan and so i'm not thinking along those lines but But in brooklyn
1: we in brooklyn queens long island and other and new jersey there were definitely lots of backyard events significantly smaller um, nice. So you had regular caterers doing those, but you also had uh, upscale restaurants that were getting involved in those or just people just like sick and tired of cooking every single day because they weren't going out to work and they weren't, you know, going out to the restaurants. They're just like, I don't want to cook for Shabbat. So they're calling up uh, Mike's Bistro or ETC in Teaneck or uh, Lemare or whatever it is. They're like, yeah. you know what, let me let me cater my uh, Shabbat meal from my favorite place where I would normally get lunch, I want to have them for Shabbat as and, do, and treat myself
0: right so so as part of this conversation I mean I, I definitely want to focus on the positive you know what people yeah. are doing and and not you know obviously there's some lunchtime places in Midtown that probably a lot of them are struggling but i I want to and I want to focus on like what's happening now and what the opportunity is you know kind of in the in this space I mean do you see do you see restaurants? Uh, opening or do you see kind of like opportunities
1: for restaurant tours today that that are that you wouldn't have seen six months ago so i think that like we're seeing like all all the stages of the the life cycle stages of a restaurant happening in a very short period of time we're seeing places close for obvious reasons right like businesses down 90 to 98 percent, right in certain neighborhoods right we saw that happen with places like abigail's in midtown which is really sad um and, and paprika, which was forced to move from their location and merge with another midtown location so that they're still alive. Right. But we're also we also saw openings of kosher restaurants as the pandemic was about to hit. So the pandemic is like coming in what mid-March? Right. But places were gearing up to open, you know, January, February. They're like, all right, we're planning, we're opening, and then like they're about to open in around March time. And then everything gets shut down around them. So these places were already in the works and they were like, we either fold or we make this work. And a lot of places have made it work. And one example is this place on the Upper East Side called Rothschild TLV. I just,
0: yeah, just heard this. In fact, Henry, who works on our team, um, was just having dinner there and he was going nuts. And his question was sort of around like the outdoor experience in some of these restaurants, like, what are you hearing? Cause he said, you know, maybe the outdoor experience is still evolving. And what are these yeah. restaurants gonna do when the weather gets a little bit, you know, a little bit cooler, even like now where it's 50, you know, it's in the sixties now. So now is perfect, right? Like now is perfect. Like fifties, right.
1: New Yorkers can deal with fifties, like yeah. we love 50s. heat lamps
0: and that kind of stuff. Right.
1: But even you know, without heat lamps, like we can deal with like a sweater and a fall jacket. Like that's not a problem. Yeah. Um, I actually like in the one day I went to spend time in the city, yeah. I got to have two outdoor meals, uh, one on the Upper West Side for lunch uh, with yeah. my team, yeah. and then one on the Upper East Side for dinner uh, with one of my colleagues. And yeah. that Upper East Side meal was at Rothschild TLB. Um, okay. They they did a really nice job in providing tables outside of their restaurant. Yeah. Uh, there was no indoor dining at that time, although at the end of this month, uh, the right. they're starting to open that at like 25%, right. which I don't think is enough to keep these restaurants afloat. Like they need right. to have slightly higher capacity yeah um they have higher capacity in long island right yes yes it's, So uh, you were, you 50, were saying, 50% now yeah
0: right and you were saying even like on a rainy night it got a little I can't remember where you were saying but there was a restaurant that was like really kind of you know excited about all the people coming in so people are like right on the edge of you know making sure it's safe but also it's taking
1: taking advantage of uh of of opportunity there are certain places where it can get dicey where like if it's bad weather out like it's raining and the people are choosing to come inside like the restaurant you know there needs to be this balance of the restaurant doing their due diligence of you know all right are we at the allowed capacity or are right, right, we right. are we bringing people in from the outside and like yeah. we're just going to risk it and some places are and some places aren't and the consumers yeah. need to consumers need to decide for themselves like what they feel comfortable doing um but in terms of like the outdoor dining, um, we went to Time and Tonic on the Upper West Side, yeah. which is a which is a new restaurant. I just had lunch
0: there. It was I just wrote awesome. it up in my um, yeah
1: in my I have like
0: a bi monthly I guess a bi weekly news uh, no it's once a month uh, just about like non non real estate but just stuff and and for eats I put that on there because I had such a fabulous
1: outside lunch there. The food was it's, delicious. It's a great brunch and dinner spot um, for people who keep kosher, people who are vegans. uh people who are just like vegetarians because they do have non-vegan stuff there too yeah uh people are gluten-free all their breads there are gluten-free and the food is excellent um and uh they have another restaurant next door um uh modern bread and modern bread and bakery which is a completely gluten-free basically bakery and bagel shop which is uh, unbelievable um so that was a really great experience and um And then eating Crosstown at Rothschild TLV is like a really, really nice experience outdoors. I think, listen, when the weather gets colder, even into the 30s, you bring out the heat lamps and and you make it work and you create these types of outdoor enclosures. I think that places that have the outdoor space need to make that work unless they're allowed to bring in 75% plus capacity indoors by end of November when it's going to get to that type of weather right and like
0: kosher restaurants you know as a rule aren't going to be open
1: like on a friday
0: night no no but
1: uh right, no, actually and, outside of like um uh there's like one or two that that do stay open friday night but it's all prepaid right so you're prepaying so it's
0: prepaid and for shabbat and, meal
1: yeah right because
0: it seems like if you've got a, a courtyard you know in, in manhattan and you've got even if you're not kosher maybe you could even partner with like some kind of kosher caterer and do like spate, you know, you can take advantage of that. I mean, we recently, we had a Friday night dinner at a restaurant that's not typically kosher, but they brought in the like kosher meat, you know, for the dinner. From an outside place, yeah. From an outside place to kind of make it work. And it was, you know, they were able to make money and, and it was like a good partnership. And it's like a wonder people right now can't get together inside. And there's this yearning, I think for like people, you know, who want to get together, generally and do it in a safe way and if you have in an outside of like having a picnic in the park you know it seems like something that could really be you know interesting for kosher you know for for
1: people to think about it's not just kosher food but in general i think that we're we have maybe 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 two more months of this right because by the by what by the time december rolls around it's it's not going to be you know bearable for all people right so some places will can do the heat lamps and then Sure. Right. Then, then, then they're okay. Then, but right, then it's like, inside you know, or, yeah. or nothing. Right, right. I think that the you know a lot of people have been criticizing the mayor for for how he's handling it from a from a restaurant and small business perspective, and rightfully right. so. Yeah, because a lot of them are struggling, and a lot of them right. have already gone under. Yeah. Um. So how the government balances that need yeah. is going to be really important.
0: I want to talk about kind of small businesses and like the opportunities that you see. And, and I think it would be crazy if I didn't, you know, talk about also like upstate, you know, upstate and like what's happening with people leaving town and like what you yeah. is, 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 but let's for a minute, talk about kind of what you're seeing. A- exodus, both from like Brooklyn to Long Island. Like what are you seeing as as far as the restaurant, like some of the specific things you're seeing um, as opportunities, you know, um, you, you touched maybe on like staff getting hired like
1: high end staff. I mean, what, what, what's going on? So I think that, um, it, it, and some of the, those opportunities have maybe we're in the middle of them right now, or they've come and gone. But, um, with so many of the Manhattan restaurants, um, being closed for so long or being yeah. downsized for, for a significant period of time, you had like, you had a lot of staff that were just twiddling their thumbs and not working and not earning a paycheck. Yeah. Um, whereas in Long Island, and out basically any as far uh, getting out of the city you know teaneck deal new jersey long island etc where you have kosher restaurants or you have people who are now spending their time at home especially over the summer um and they were able to go out to restaurants even if it was just outdoors or 25 or 50 percent capacity um, these places were not only open but you had new places coming into existence so you have pop-up restaurants happening in the suburbs. You have new places coming in, whereas it's a bit harder to do in Manhattan or in the five boroughs, but it's still happening. Like we're still seeing new places open up in, in Manhattan. Um, obviously like the Krispy Kreme franchise, that was you know a year in the works. And there's now what a whole bunch of new, new places in Manhattan, which are kosher, mm. um, but we're seeing tons of kosher pop-ups happening in in Long Island and, and New Jersey um that in a normal year would have happened in Manhattan i see but so you're benefiting
0: uh, you're benefiting you know the suburbs are benefiting from this time and like yeah so so like let's tra- talking about upstate
1: and and right? real, by the way and real estate prices are reflecting that right like the the real estate prices for regular homes right are going through the roof here um because there's this exodus from the five boroughs to Long Island to Westchester to New Jersey, uh and upstate. Got it. So so, you know, from a
0: from a cultural that it, it's happening elsewhere at the moment. It's happening, you know, outside of Manhattan. And and so right. So you, you obviously you've got a demand pickup in all other places for houses and standalone things like that. So upstate, you know, we're seeing some clients of mine, you know, they're they're you know, people are leaving. And they're mm-hmm. buying either second homes or they're renting upstate or whatever. You know, what what do you think of, like the future of kind of kosher food as like, say, kosher, you know, Orthodox people are uh, or just say kosher people are observing kashrut, the laws of kosher. Like, are, are, do you see like kosher restaurants already opening or do you see it's like something that's going to be in the future? Like, what are you, you know, are you starting to. What do you think it's going to be people first and then restaurants follow or, you know, what do you so you to?
1: have I mean, you have a part of upstate like the, the, the heart of the, the Catskills where you, know, you have the 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 old school Borscht Belt, right, Monticello and that whole area over there um, that already has an established kosher restaurant scene. I think the real question that we're going to see is how many of those restaurants are actually going to stay open year round. Right. there was always there was always a year round contingent, but some of them were very much like we're opening in June, and we're closing in September. And that's it. Right. Uh-huh. Um, I'd be what I think we're about to find out now that we're, you know, towards the end of September is right, how, how long many does it last? Are, how many of those restaurants are going to stay open longer? Are people staying? Um, are people staying upstate? So now most of the places in that region, are very much summer homes and they're not even homes a lot of them are bungalows right they're not sustainable for year-round living right Um, they're not they're not
0: weatherized some are and some aren't right it depends
1: on it depends on 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 the type of facility that you have but um what we are seeing is that there are people moving upstate whether it's to the monticello wider catskills region or to the hudson valley region um, that are moving up there i don't know if it's more permanently or it's permanent for at least a couple years just to ride this out and see where this goes. Um, I know of multiple families, Jews, Jewish and non-Jewish, who, of course, to the the, uh, Hudson Valley region. Uh, Something that I shared with you earlier before our call was this um, new Chabad um, that opened up in the Hudson Valley, where they basically converted a barn into a little kosher market, Um, which is amazing, but like completely unprecedented. But the fact that uh, this year is probably the best year for them to do that because there's going to be more people uh, living up there permanently number one number two is um, uh, as you know people get back to their real life there's now more reason to now travel through the Hudson Valley or vacation in that area you now have access to more kosher uh, whereas Hudson Valley typically has not had a, a ton of kosher you'd basically you would hit Muncie. You can go out to eat in Muncie, and then once you go north of Muncie, straight north, there's nothing yeah. kosher basically until Albany. Doesn't have much, and then once you pass Albany, you basically the next kosher thing is Montreal. So, um, and, in that
0: b- different bagels, different,
1: very different bagels, di- different bagels. They they will claim that theirs are superior to ours, but I, I'm 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 a New York bagel fan and you're
0: you're proud of it you don't you don't mind creating this isn't like a west coast east coast hip hop you know it's we, okay we that. we can create
1: that with that that rivalry i'm 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 totally down with that um i happen to love montreal and, and i love visiting and i and i love eating out there um but uh and their bagels are okay but they're not superior to new york bagels
0: yeah, i you know there's a bagel place uh, i think it's called orwashers that's like uh is it is it canadian bagels somebody talks about it here i admit like it's probably within striking distance of where i live i'm on the upper west side and i never have had the i don't think i've ever had the the bagels or if i did i didn't realize i was having it so it didn't make such a an impression somebody out there please buy me you know buy me canadian buy me montreal bagels i want to try them i have friends from montreal
1: nobody's ever actually now i'm getting upset nobody's Got if me. my memory, ser- if my memory serves me right, um, they're a bit denser and sweeter than a New York bagel.
0: That sounds like uh, some of my my ex girlfriends.
1: No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. No, it's, I got to make a joke. No, the denser and sweeter. So what, I, what I, makes it sweeter? Believe,
1: uh, I, I, don't, I'm not, I, I don't remember. Uh, okay. it's, I, you know, I haven't been in Montreal. Uh, I don't know, five six years. So. Um, I, I, I'm due for another. I'm due for another go. Uh, so I would have so by the. I would have totally hit up Canada this past this summer, summer on my road trip, but you know I was literally across. You the were street. close. You said you were. Like I was buried. by the border. I was literally in Niagara Falls by the border. I was staying down the block from the Rainbow Bridge. I could have walked over, but they wouldn't have let me in. So.
0: Yeah, that's uh It's. It was definitely a weird summer where people were like doing a lot of their own. You know, trying to maybe some Airbnbs and and certainly mm-hmm. like RV trips. I know I did some of that. I think I showed off my RV on one of our Instagram lives, which was really fun. So yeah. uh, I know there were you had some questions for me about like you know your your questions about kind of real estate and and for you know your your people who are maybe here that don't know anything about what what we're doing. We're selling a lot of Manhattan real estate, but we get we touch on a lot of the same kind of stuff. We're we're interested in neighborhoods and what makes them tick. Um, you know, did you have any anything you wanted to cover while we're? I mean, I up? had.
1: Yeah, I had a, like a, I had a, more of like an assumption that maybe you can uh, expand on. Um, my assumption was that like for people who wanted to invest in real estate in Manhattan, mm-hmm. that now, or if not now, then in, within the next three months would be like the sweet spot of time to get, to invest in Manhattan real estate if assuming that they, either they want to live there or they want to do something else with it. But, um, you know, like uh, people I know are, giving up their their leases um, to leave the city when they don't have to be in the office, right. um, but plan on coming back or plan on purchasing property when the mar- when they feel like the market's really, really low. Is, right. is that, do you see that as accurate?
0: I mean, look, I, in, in the very short thing I will tell you, Donnie, is that people always have to find something they love, right? So like, first you gotta know what you love, like get yeah. a good vision in your head of what you're gonna love. And, you know, I always say like, when people are fearful, you want to be greedy. When people are greedy, you want to be fearful. So like what that means for me is that when I hear from you, like prices are going crazy in the suburbs, I'm thinking, well, now's the time to be when everybody's running from not everyone, when you hear about things are, are people and I can see people are you know, fearful about Manhattan. Of course, this is the time and prices have already come down. So it's like take the time to get excited and really get a clear vision of what you want because really, we need more buyers right now. It is really an amazing time to be a buyer here. If you're financing, mortgage rates are low. I mean, it's it's yep. quite good. And I'm, I'm
1: refinancing right now. So like, hey, yeah, right. now's the it's, time to do it.
0: It's one of those times where um, it's clear as a bell to me. And I mean, I'm shouting it from the rooftops and using all of my media channels and everything to try to get people excited about the time. You know, and surely, like, it's not... By the people, There was a video I saw yesterday, some guy was walking around Manhattan kind of doing like a selfie. And he was like, oh my God, it's terrible on the street. People are sitting outside eating dinner. You know, like it was really cute. He was kind of over-dramatizing like how horrible it is here when the fact is like people are eating outside, they're gonna rock the heat lamps, like restaurants are gonna do everything they can. And we're gonna, you know, we're gonna make a, we're gonna fumble through this time. But while things are a little weird, Absolutely, like a great time to buy here.
1: I think that as long as um, the concert halls and the comedy clubs uh, are quiet, and the Broadway shows are quiet, you can. Uh, this is this is my assumption, right? And you can validate this. My assumption is as long as those all those venues are quiet, the cultural venues, right? Mm-hmm. When they're down, now's your time to get in. You know, when when uh, when everybody else wants to leave, you get in so that when next year or even if it's a year and a half from now, when everything opens back up, you got in at the ground floor and anybody else who's now thinking of moving back in is going to pay a premium. Yeah, I
0: mean, I, again, I, I always wanna tell people that I don't have a magic you know, uh, crystal ball. I can't tell sure. you when the bottom's gonna be, but what right. I can tell you is that the deal, if it feels like a good deal you get educated, you make a buy now it's gonna, and it feels good, it's already 25% below the peak it's hard to mess up right now. And in a couple of years, it's going
1: to look like a really good deal. You know, sure. that's kind
0: of where I shake out. On and I that. think,
1: you know, I think like, you know, I see one of the comments here and, and people ask that, like, do you think it'll recover? I was like, if there's ever a piece of real estate, it's Manhattan, right? That that's recovered, right? Everybody said after 9-11, it's going to oh, be like, right, right. you know, after 9-11, Manhattan's going to, you know, fall apart and people are going to leave and blah, blah, blah. But the resurgence that Manhattan saw really quickly, really, really quickly, was unbelievable. And the amount of investment and money that poured into the city was unreal. And my, my my day job office, not my yeah, that's kosher stuff that I do out of my house, but like my my day job office that I'm not in for the last six months is in the right. World Trade Center. It's mm-hmm. literally in World Trade Three. Right. Um uh, we overlook at the uh the little waterfall of, of where the of where the old World Trade Center stood. But it's a. T- I think that's a. It's a testament to the strength and resiliency of New York, uh, not just the people who are currently here, but the attraction that New York is to the rest of the world. Like, Amer- other Americans want to be here, other people from other parts of the world want to be here. Um, it, it 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 will rebound. The question is how quickly. Right.
0: Right. And I mean, you, we were talking a little bit maybe about like hospitality and like what the future is for like you know hotels and and even kosher options within hotels you know there's certain businesses that are going to take some time there's no yep. doubt it's going to it's going to take a while for things to get back to where they were but if you believe if you're i would say if you're long new york if you think new york on a long yep. on a long time is going to invent itself again it's going to constantly it's going to surprise us you know what is it going to look like retail was already weird you know amazon has created weirdness people are going to invent and find new ways to make the street come alive again restaurants you know cars that are cars are going to disappear a a bit by bit and all of a sudden you're going to have all this street walk you know this uh, sidewalk space you know now we've got a vision for what that could look like with restaurants
1: i would love uh, yeah i have this vision of like what automated cars are going to be Uh, Mm -hmm. um and i don't know when that's i don't know when that's going to be like the thing i know that like You have multiple businesses between Detroit and Silicon Valley that are, you know, working on getting automated vehicles to be, you know, part of the fabric of society. And I actually like, I welcome it. Right. I I'd rather technology that's 99% um, accurate driving these cars than human beings that are very inaccurate driving Mm. cars. What it, what it means is exactly what you were saying. We're going to need less roads. To drive people around because the cars can drive basically bumper to bumper to each other, Uh, number one, at higher speeds, bumper to bumper at higher speeds. Number two, whatever whatever streets we don't need, we convert into walkways, we convert into outdoor restaurants, we convert into much nicer outdoor space. I don't know if you've uh, seen or read about any of what Barcelona, uh, Spain has done with some of their outdoor space. Um, over the last, I don't know how many years, five, 10 years. Well,
0: they have that thing called the, the Ramblas, right? Isn't that in Barcelona?
1: Yes, but but the way in which their city is designed is mm-hmm. like they have these, like, they have, it's kind of like, it's very grid-like, not th- all that different from Manhattan, but within each quadrant, they have like quadrants within their grid and within each quadrants, they have these like housing complexes, um, and then there were little smaller streets that would go in between the housing complexes, and what they used to do was uh, they used to have cars go in in between and oh, and, the, and gr- they shut them down they and the gridlock all right and the gridlock was awful and oh. the, and the and the pollution was really bad, so they you 're exactly right they shut it down uh-huh. so that the only the only streets where cars are really operating are on the outsides of these and not on the insides, and on the yeah. insides, the only cars allowed in are really like essential vehicles
0: uh-huh.
1: And they closed down lots of streets for outdoor dining, right. And playgrounds, and just um, a lot of, you know, it, it it's opened it up to more human to human interaction. It's cleared <laughs> up, um, it's cleared up some of their pollution, mm-hmm. and it actually made uh, trips within the city to get from point A to point B a lot faster.
0: Mm. Oh, cool. Well, look, you know, I I, I do think like we're this is where it all intersects. Right. It's like, as it turns out, most Jewish populations are within like larger cities. I mean, yes. at least, you know, for the uh, at least the, the, or,
1: at least the Orthodox populations were almost always in big cities, you know, usually, and, and, like, and, New,
0: and New York, you know, no question. New York is, you know, the biggest, you know, outside outside of Israel. Israel. Yeah. We're about place, one and a half million, you know, oh, and, I mean, and so you've got a you've got a population here that's innovating on all fronts. And yep. we get to be part of all the exciting innovation that cities are doing anyway. It's it's just a it's a great. I think this will come out of this as a. Um, it'll give us the opportunity to really. We're already rethinking how we live in the cities, and I think it, once we you know once we have this vaccine, I call it V Day. Once we get to V Day, <laughs> that you know we'll we'll really um, we'll see like a. I don't want to say a V V-shaped recovery because that's kind of a, a a little bit of a a cliche. But I certainly yeah. think we'll see we'll see innovation come
1: in a way that we don't expect. Um, I think I think you know I don't know that that when like V day comes that we're gonna it's not gonna be like from one day to the next it's not gonna no, be a VD turnaround. but the Remember confidence what, is gonna be a there's yes, gonna be a
0: psychological yeah. move.
1: I'm not saying yes. of course it's gonna take
0: a long time for testing you know for all the yeah, vaccine just happen. the roller.
1: Yeah, everybody has to get vaccinated. There's gonna be people who refuse to get vaccinated, and you yeah. have all of that. But right. Um, right. I agree. The consumer confidence is a big deal, which means you're going to have more people moving back into the city, more people coming right. back to work, shopping. Broadway will reopen, right? The stock, stock, the stock markets are going to go up. Like all of that, mm-hmm. um, I agree. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, um, if people want to find you, obviously they found us here. You know, yeah, that's kosher. But the, the website is really, if people want to like find what's they're traveling, they want to find like what are the great restaurants in that particular city. They can do all sorts of searching there and see all that your, your your past articles and yep. everything. How often you're putting things out all the time?
1: Uh, uh, I'm trying to, uh, you know. In the past, I was publishing like once a week, a you know, like a, a handful of articles, and I'd publish it all all in one day. Uh-huh. So you so that uh, my email subscribers get do get like a, a digest. Right. Uh, we're now publishing multiple articles multiple days a week. So we're looking at like two to three days a week where there's multiple articles articles coming out because we're actually seeing a lot of movement in restaurant openings. Yeah. Unfortunately, restaurant closings. Right. Um. The the Israel UAE deal is right. producing so much content right, and, right. And, there was cool uh,
0: yeah there was some really cool stuff i was uh hearing about right they uh what what the uae dubai like in particular was requiring or what were they doing it was it's uh
1: you cool. so so a couple things are happening in the uae there's actually a lot of things happening some of which are not fully public yet but you have um uh, a, a hotel chain In Dubai that that announced that they um, are bringing in a kosher caterer to provide kosher meals for any of their guests. Um, Then you have the uh, Abu Dhabi Emirate um, uh, Department of Tourism and Culture that basically sent out a letter to all of the hotels in the entire Abu Dhabi Emirate saying, we are recommending that you offer kosher uh, options on your property, and we're talking well over 100 hotels. Wow. Um, which is unreal. It's unheard of. It's never happened anywhere outside of Israel. Yeah. Um, we're having, um, I'm about to publish an article in the coming days about uh, a kosher restaurant at a hotel in Dubai. Oh the my God. First, the first actual restaurant um with a, with uh
0: with a, uh kosher certification kosher and everything certification. right absolutely right. yep
1: wow uh so th- th- a lot of lot of like big stories coming out of there and it's like mm-hmm. happening rapid fire i think we're just like we're just waiting for uh maybe something similar to happen in bahrain because they were part of that right. uh deal right. as well right I'm, I'm i'm we're we're like hoping hoping that israel starts strikes a similar deal with morocco because morocco already has Dude, kosher. Right, right right oh man they already right. have a ton of kosher Killer. there. it's just right Right. We're waiting for that agreement.
0: Wow. Well, it's it, it has been such a pleasure talking to you, Donnie. Um, and we'll make sure to, uh, to send you more love you know, uh, on social media. But thank you for being a part of the conversation. Um, and thank you for being so positive and kind of pushing, pushing the, uh, the positive element of what's happening today. And um, yeah, thanks for being a part of this.
1: Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me on.
0: Okay, take care. Thanks again for checking out Finding Home with me, Scott Harris. And this week with Danny Klein of Yeah, That's Kosher. He's a hoot and he knows everything about everything going on kosher in the kosher world. So hope you enjoyed this little hang. And if you like what you hear, please do share our podcast. We're up to episode number six here, I believe. And we're having a ton of fun doing this. We're going to be... Looking for new guests? If you have any ideas, please do be in touch. You can check us out on social media, Harris Residential Team, or you can go to Scotty Harris on Instagram and you can go check us out at scottyharris.com or I think it's Scott at scottharris.net, either one works, or you can check out our real estate website, which is Harris Residential Team.com. And have an awesome, awesome week. Bye.